Caltech Innovation is back to back. You've heard me talk about Caltech's P50 pistol. Now here comes the new 9mm P15 carry pistol. Quality engineered, the 9mm P15 carry pistol is the lightest, thinnest of its kind in Caltech's first striker fire handgun. And as another first, the P15s feature a totally unique patent pending 15 round extended magazine. Now other features include ambidextrous grip, safety, reversible mag release, and the hybrid fiber optic night sights with full adjustable rear that all comes standard it's from Keltec inventors of subcompact polymer and now metal handguns the p15's gator grip texture on the polymer version increases stability and makes for easy accurate handling while the all metal version offers comfortable but positive traction and a really beautiful wood grip panel the p15 is the dependable firepower you need to secure your world see the new nine millimeter p15 first up close and personal at keltecweapons.com that's k-e-l-t-e-c weapons.com Dana Lash's Absurd Truth Podcast. I mean, I don't know this representative. Uh, his name's Jared Patterson, and I don't have nothing against him. He seems like you know he's a uh, he's a, a Texas State representative, House District One Hundred Six, and he seems like he's a nice guy. But I don't agree with this proposal that I see, and I'm pulling it up as well because there was I. He said that he's introducing legislation next session to ban minors from using social media. He says it's long past time to recognize the incredible harm social media is doing to the mental health of young Texans. Next session, we put an end to it. And I've seen other Republicans talk about this, too, where they propose that there needs to be some sort of ban against you know, minors getting on you, they, you had to be a certain age. I think you don't, you have, you already have age restrictions on certain social media anyway, but there's this, this huge pitch to try to get, um, this as some kind of law, Texas public policy foundation, uh, a guy who, um, like one of their folks wrote this op-ed where they were talking about social media platforms and how it's, you know, widely, falsely considered to be the only realistic means by which social interaction can happen in the 21st century. And he's was, you know, noting the interpersonal nature of it and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, the uh, minor social media ban would not be a novel concept. And I get it, but isn't that what parents are supposed to do? Yeah. Don't we give enough power to governments? I don't, I'm not for it. I'm not for it because I don't think that government has any, and I and I, I don't think that they have any business doing it. And I reject the argument that, well, it's you know, there not every parent will do it. Not every parent monitors their child, or prevents them from getting on social media. Therefore, we the government should do it. I don't think that that's a good enough reason to justify the entry of the government in into what should be parental a parental jurisdiction it's not hard to parent your kids my kids are not on social media my kids are are older now but they've never they have not been on social media but i've always been very forthright about it i'm i'm parenting my kids i'm not trying to be their best friend i got to parent them and raise happy healthy well-adjusted individuals i just don't think that that's something that you need to have legislation um, and plus, I mean, isn't it, I, I, I mean, I would imagine it would be hard to even enforce, right? How do you enforce something like that? 
Like, what's the, you're going to have penalties? So far, it's been, I mean, we can all agree, I think social media can amplify a lot of bad stuff. I think it's a tool, just like everything else. I don't like to get into, now this might be an unpopular opinion, but I don't subscribe to the universal thought that all social media is bad, because I don't believe it is. I think that a lot of times we're using it as a variable to prevent from indicting ourselves, really. I don't think video games are bad. I mean, I think it's a tool. It's, a, it's, a, it's an outlet. It depends on the person and, and what approach they have to it. I don't think that, I think social media can be used for very good things. But it can also be very bad, if, especially if you have minors that are unmonitored. And it shouldn't be the government doing it. It should be the parents doing it. I just reject that argument that, well, not all parents do it, thus the government must step in and do so. No, that is not a good enough justification. (sighs) I just, I don't think that government should step in for that. I don't. I don't know. I just don't think so. I mean, what are you... What are you going to have a age verification? I don't even know how you work it, how that would work. It just, people need to parent. That's all it is. I mean, how, well, I mean, your kid, I don't even know if your kids are on social media, Kane. Do they even use, I'm sure they use it. They're aware of it, obviously. Yeah, they, um, they, they're definitely on there. Uh, Facebook and Twitter, Snapchat, stuff like that. But uh, we have a lot of conversations actually about some of the content that they get on there. Some of it, they come to me and try to verify uh, some things. But they're not, they're not so on social media where it's like it runs their lives and their emotions and everything like that, which is more, I think, how the younger, we're talking 13 or younger, uh, tend to use social media. Mm. They tend to, it drives their emotions and their actions. Some people say, but yes, you know that, that these social media uh, companies, they are engineering their products like TikTok and et cetera, in order to exploit any sort of weak spots, psychological weak spots within the audience, et cetera, et cetera. And alcohol is also bad for you. Do you, so you monitor your kids. I mean, it's bad for you and, you know, if you drink a lot of it, but you also monitor your kids and you tell them this is not how we do this and here's, you know, X, Y, Z. You, as they grow up, you don't drink until, you know, your legal age, et cetera. I mean, there's everything. I just don't think it's social media. You're not ever going to be able to get away from it. It's here to stay. I just think it's a, I just feel like we are substituting where, where, whether it's video games, whether it's social media, it's we're in a very a digital world. And this just seems like a, an old timey attempt to curtail that. And you don't have the government do what the parents are supposed to do. Because otherwise you're just creating some kind of even if it's just state, it's like a state welfare kind of thing, isn't it? I don't know. I know some lawmakers disagree with me, and that's fine. But, you know, I, we just don't, we don't need more government. That's the whole problem that we have right now anyway. And one of the reasons why we have parents that shirk their duties is because of more government. Government steps in when it sees a place where it can fit, and it takes up that space in order to expand itself, in order to exploit weaknesses it jumps in there. We don't need to create more opportunities for government. We really don't. I mean, the problem isn't social media. The problem is the parents. That's the problem. I mean, you could sit here and say, 
You could make that argument for anything. That also sets up a very bad precedent because if you're saying, well, it's detrimental to kids, there are a lot of things detrimental to kids that don't really fall under the purview of any kind of state or federal government to handle. There are a lot of things that are problems, period. But if social media is just a variable, the problem is bad parents. Oh, it's 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 kind of it's kind of frustrating. I know, I know I was saying I, I know that me and Juan yes. are on the younger side, but if if you show your kid a YouTube video who's two years old, it's still going to get the advertisements from the Google searches that your his, that his or her parent does. So you can't yeah. avoid cookies, and it's just going to give you no matter the kid is going to see everything all the time, depending on how you parent them. So it's an unavoidable variable, as you said. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it is. It, it's it, it instead of trying to ban people from it or avoid it you know just you need to teach people to live with it in a healthy way why are we not doing that instead and now all of the news you would probably miss it's time for dana's quick five brought to you by caltech so boris johnson has announced his resignation after a bunch of controversies and etc etc uh, he've, I think this is a, honestly this is payback for Brexit. That's what it is. Sixteen members of his cabinet resigned Monday and Tuesday, including senior health secretary uh, and their chancellor, in a move that they thought would would spell out his demise. So he's putting together a little unity cabinet, and he's excluding everybody, all the Tory backstabbers. It's actually kind of interesting. It's such a girl move, but uh, just it'll be. I don't know. I don't know how long he's going to stay on or who would replace him. Everybody's jockeying for positions right now, so we'll see. News out of Uranus. Uh, MSN says. Kane, it's a planet. Calm down. It's raining diamonds in Uranus and Neptune, but you know that's according to NASA. They said that uh, there there was a recent interview with NASA's gravity assist astrophysicist Naomi Gurney, and she said she was explaining how gas-heavy planets like Uranus and Neptune rain down what we here on Earth consider precious gemstones. So the planets are partially made of methane, and that gives them a blue hue. And she said, well, methane has carbon in it. The carbon can occur by itself and also be crushed by immense pressure, like deep in the atmosphere, blah, blah, blah. It rains diamonds. It's actually pretty kind of, that's kind of cool, actually. So I'm waiting for someone someone to risk going up there, right? And, and, and just to reap the windfall. Last surviving member of the Easy Company, the Band of Brothers, remember that Spielberg movie? Bradford Freeman, 97th, 97 years old, of the 506th Parachute Infantry Regiment of the 101st Airborne Division. They fought in uh, uh, Battle of the Bulge uh, and has passed away. He was Their division was known as Screaming Eagles. The last surviving member of Easy Company, made famous by the HBO series. Just an amazing story. I was reading about this guy. Like, you just drop in behind it. It's just amazing what they were able to do. Just, it gives me chills reading it. So, another hero. Uh, also, Metallica has revealed that they totally dig that Stranger Things episode. I'm not giving you spoilers, but it doesn't really sell, tell you anything. You know there's the upside down. But when Eddie went in and played an amazing Master of Puppets solo, which is one of the most metal things I've ever seen on television ever that was in a music video, Metallica said they were totally psyched and that they were blown away. They, of course, wanted to be included, and they thought it was just so awesome. And Eddie Munson is still and always will be one of my favorite characters. Uh, speaking of Stranger Things, Duffer Brothers, who I think are doing some really cool stuff. By the way, I loved in the last episode of Stranger Things 4... 
the message about how guns are keeping them safe and everybody decides to go in to the depot and they're getting all their stuff. I love how they came out with little berets too, but that's beside the point. Anyway, Duffer Brothers have launched a Netflix, like a shingle. It's like an upside, they they launched a new company, Upside Down Pictures. So they're doing a Stranger Things spinoff and apparently they have a stage play coming along with some uh, they're doing Death Note. The Duffer Brothers are doing one of my favorite and one of my favorite uh, uh, anime series and manga ever, which is Death Note, which also has an amazing soundtrack that riffs off of Aphex Twin. But that's a whole other nerd thing that I got into. One of the things that I have been watching lately, I'm pulling up this horrible report. This, sorry, excuse me, I'm pulling up this review that the Hollywood Reporter gave the show that. Kane and I have been watching and we've had the author of the book series on which the show is based on on the program Jack Carr and if you haven't seen it it's on Amazon Prime you can watch it it's called The Terminal List it's actually really good and I binged it and I finished it we finished it yesterday and I've read the first two books and like the first two chapters of the third so I'm going to be really careful not tell you what happened but it's really good it's heavy because you have to understand the anti-hero. He's kind of an anti-hero. Kind of, he is. James Reese, who is the, the center figure in this series, he is a grim dude. He is a serious dude. And it's based on this, uh, you know, the story starts with, you know, he's a Navy SEAL, and you always write what you know. Jack Carr, also a uh, retired Navy SEAL. James Reese is a Navy SEAL and he's out on a mission and he ends up getting set up and ambushed and he his he loses his whole platoon. And so then he finds out that it's, you know, it's a setup, uh, which is what he kind of suspected in the beginning. And it goes from there. And so the terminal list, you know, it's like his list of people he's going after. It's it's a great story and the action's great. And I was very interested to see because, you know, Jack Carr with all of his uh, knowledge of of you know firearms handling and you know, strategy and all this other stuff. I was really interested to see how Antoine Fuqua, who directs the series, how he takes that and applies it to the screen. Because having somebody who knows it well and is an expert on it is one thing. Seeing it on the screen is another. But it was really good. You could tell they did a lot of legitimate training, like some grueling training. I thought Chris Pratt was was great in the series, and the firearm handling and usage and you know all of that is very realistic it's really good he's very different obviously don't you know think you're going to be watching it and it's going to be like guardians of the galaxy and you're going to get that same chris pratt or the same chris pratt that you know was in parks and rec i mean it's he's a very i don't think i've ever seen him play a character like this yeah it's very different for him it's really good but people are mad at it the left is mad at it because they say it's anti-woke They say it's anti-woke, Kane. They're mad that it's anti-woke. And that it is, uh, the Daily Beast called it a, quote, unhinged right-wing revenge fantasy that panders to male red state viewers, viewers with routine references to beer, guns, country music, and hunting, end quote. First off, I think that that's a sexist statement. Because I like this film, or the, uh, this series. I liked the books. Again, I'm on, I had the first two and then the first uh, two chapters of the third one. I liked the books. Why, they, why, did, why, did the, why does the left always ignore us chicks, man? Why? 
I don't get why it's anti woke though. I, I hear what they're saying about how it's pro something, but how is that anti woke? Like I don't understand why they take that position. Like why do they describe it as I mean and just to cause division, just to cause issues? I don't know. It's like any makes it, no sense. I mean, I guess because he didn't come out with like telling everybody what his pronouns are that they're mad and because he knows what the hell he's doing with firearms handling. I mean it's I mean, it is a story about, yes, a guy who is like horribly wronged getting revenge you know what you know what that's like the most chick thing ever don't sit here and act like oh well it's an all-male blah 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 no 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 no, dude that's like one of the chickest things to ever possibly be thought and 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 put to fit to put and put on television and he was fighting government corruption as well like who can't get behind that these people are just ridiculous like how bad does your life suck that you find just you know absolute lack of joy in everything I mean, how? I, look, I'm, I'm hardcore. I'm, I'm watching what he's doing. I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, I get it. I get. It. <laughs> These people don't. No, that's. I don't know. But they, yeah, they're mad about it because they say, I guess that it's too. Uh, I don't know. They're mad at it because it's not super left mush. I don't know how else to describe it. I can hardly watch stuff on television anymore. Or any series or any, because everything, it's like they constantly have to shove it in your face, a political message. That seems to take precedent over the plot. Like you, you get distracted from the plot because they're trying to push a political message normally. And it's so annoying. It completely just ruins your suspension of disbelief. It takes you out of the moment. It's just bad writing. Or they use it as like a lazy plot device. I just can't stand it. This was good. And they're just mad because it's, you know, written by a guy who kind of thinks like us. And, you know, it's military. And the, it, I mean, there's there is no mess. Basically, you know what you could have called this? F.A.F.O. That's what you could have called this. We got to get Jack back on. We have a uh, we have that's a great show. I highly suggest that you stream it. It's called The Terminalist, Amazon Prime. You should read the books too. But Jack's been on before. It's a great series, and Chris Pratt is great in it. Riley Keough is great in it. It's Elvis's granddaughter. Constance Wu's in it. She's really good. She's a great, great, great reporter in this. Like how a reporter should be. So you need to watch it. It's worth your time, definitely. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> It's time for Florida Man. I'm so glad that my mom doesn't have this story because she was giving me digital shade, throwing me digital shade over this. So Florida Man's recovering after one of his hands was done blown off in a fireworks accident over Independence Day, July 4th holiday weekend. The incident happened around 1 a.m. Saturday in the parking lot of a gas station just outside of Fort Lauderdale. Unidentified man. A witness said it could have been deadly. He was rushed to the hospital, but nobody remembered to bring his hand. He's, I think, going to be okay. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Dana Lash's Absurd Truth Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Anti-human trafficking warrior Rossi Orozco joins me to explain how open borders are leading to a huge increase in human trafficking into our country and the horrific sexual exploitation of women, girls, and boys. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, Rossi will explain how the trafficking process works and how big of a business it is for the cartels. It's a tough story that we all need to know. Follow the Sarah Carter Show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.